Welcome to Wear Who You Are, a podcast that takes the fear out of fashion and holds space for everyone to explore how to connect your authenticity with your personal style. I'm your host, Natalie Tincher, founder of BU Style, expert style strategist, and your enthusiastic friend and safe space of support. I believe that every person has a style and every style deserves a seat. With over a decade of experience working with hundreds of personal clients, I've learned a thing or two about how to help others have a healthy and holistic approach to navigating how to build a wardrobe that reflects who you are. So pull up your seat and let's get started. Welcome back to another Where Who You Are Wednesday. So it's that holiday time of year. It's super busy for a lot of us. And I hope that you're enjoying your holiday season. I love the holidays and sometimes I hate the holidays. Um, It can really be the most wonderful time of the year, but I also want to acknowledge that the holidays can be difficult for some of us who have experienced loss or feelings of loneliness. Um, Just my friendly, loving reminder to you to be kind to yourself. Someone once told me that and it's been a really great reminder to be kind to myself, to ride the waves of emotion and let them move through you as needed. And you can dress to support that too. So dress how you're feeling. If you need to wrap yourself up in coziness and comfort, do that and support yourself in all the ways that you can. I am so excited to introduce our next guest, Althea Simons, who is the designer and founder of Grammar, a composed collection of foundational wardrobe staples made in New York City's historic garment district from 100% organic cotton. I love her work. I was able to visit the showroom uh, probably about a month ago, and we had an entire style nerd out debrief on Um, everything. And I'm very excited to dive into what you produce, what you create, how you create it, and just have this yummy conversation. So thanks for joining, Althea. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to nerd out as well. (laughs) I mean, it's a meeting of the nerd minds. So I just, speaking of nerd out, I just want to start with like, where did the name grammar come from? Yeah. So it's, Basically, the easiest way to explain it is um, grammar is a foundation for language. Grammar is the foundation of your wardrobe. Um, But it was inspired by a book called The Elements of Style by Strunk and White, which is a little grammar book that I had to read when I was in, I guess, middle school or early high school learning how to write. Um, And I just have always loved it because it's so concise and clear and it sort of gives these, this foundation of how to write. And then you sort of take that and, and make your own, um, writing or creative work or, uh, any kind of writing or using those, those tools. And so when I was thinking about, grammar and the brand and how to sort of communicate that with the name, I thought it was just kind of perfect because that's exactly what um, I want to provide with grammar is these kind of um, foundations uh, that you can then use to create your personal style, um, whatever it is that you're trying to communicate uh, through your wardrobe, through how you present yourself in the world. Um, these are just pieces, elements, elements of style that, yeah, that together sort of create a wardrobe. Your own sentences, your own chapters, your own story, right? Exactly, exactly. And that's what I love. So I was, a, I used to be an editor for anybody who doesn't know. And so that was very exciting for me to talk about, well, which one, when, when you have the, um, what do you call the, what's your most recent trench coat portmanteau the portmanteau portmanteau is one of my favorite words number one words ever and i'm always like oh it's a portmanteau when i saw that i was like mind blown and it actually does function like a portmanteau exactly so tell us more about that. i'm speaking abstractly for people that don't know tell me about this genius portmanteau piece yeah the the name works on like multiple levels, which I love. Um, so a, a portmanteau is 
like uh, brunch is a portmanteau. So it's basically taking two words and mushing them together to create a new word. So breakfast and lunch is brunch. And so the portmanteau trench coat is um, two pieces that uh, come together to create a trench coat. So it's made up of two separate um, pieces, a crop jacket and then a long vest. Um, And then when you wear them together, it um, creates what looks like a classic trench coat. Um, But it's basically three pieces in one, um, which is really fun. And it just adds a lot of value to the piece, you know, like you're getting three different, um, pieces out of one, one thing. So, um, and then I love also like manteau in French is overcoat. Um, so it's perfect on so many levels. My mind is blown right now. My mind is blown. This is so genius. Um, So we do talk then about that is a tool for living. So we talk about, you know, the portmanteau, you've got the vest, that's a styling piece. That's good transition piece. You put the whole trench coat on together again, another layer. So how do you see your pieces and just a wardrobe of being something that you should view as a tool for your living? Yeah. So that I've always sort of thought of myself more as a product designer than a fashion designer, uh, because I really design pieces and then kind of create the collection, uh, from there. And, you know, the collections all kind of end up having a certain theme or a look about them, but it's really more about creating items that serve, a distinct purpose, at least in my mind. And then, um, I always love because they, they, once you kind of put them out in the world, they have a life of their own. And, um, I love seeing people use them or style them in ways that I would have never thought of. Uh, it's one of my favorite things. Um, and, but yeah, so I, I really design pieces. So, each style is sort of meant to stand on its own and um, and it's meant to be kind of that go-to piece. All of them are meant to be go-to pieces in, um, in your wardrobe that you can then style easily with anything else in your wardrobe. So they are very classic and very simple and uh, streamlined in terms of design. Um, but that doesn't mean that they're simple as in boring. Like I definitely, like my favorite quote from the elements of style is vigorous writing is concise. A sentence should have no unnecessary words, just like a machine should have no unnecessary parts. A drawing should have no unnecessary lines. Um, this doesn't mean that you should avoid detail. Um, it means that every word should tell. So basically I believe like a, a design should basically be very streamlined and not have too much going on because like, you know, it's really about, you know, either the silhouette or that, that specific detail that you're really um, designing around it. So for example, like the shirt I have on, this has this like big notched collar and it's kind of like, a little bit of like a nod to the late eighties, early nineties, um, with this kind of like big oversized shirt. And so I basically want the rest of the design of the shirt to not distract from this. Cause this is the, the sort of core element. Um, and so that's what I think of, of like being concise. It's kind of like taking away until nothing can be taken away anymore without like completely destroying the design. Well, it's editing it down. And that's what I love is that there are times, especially in this world of everyone feels like maybe they need to have this individuality. And what I find is two things. One is my eye has no idea where to go when a garment is over-designed. It's like, do I look at the waist? Do I look at the shoulder? Do I look at the collar? And secondly, I love that concept because then it brings the eye up to the wearer. So it's that idea of you look great, not necessarily, oh my God, that's fabulous. It can really be harmonious with the person. So it 
it feeds into telling the story of them too, and not just walking in in a costume. Like you really do have pieces that can reflect personal style and that could be worn five years down the road in a different way. Yeah, totally. It's kind of like, you know, I don't think that, I mean, yes, I feel like my most important job is making things that people feel comfortable in. People feel like the best version of themselves. And that is my purpose in life is to basically give that feeling um, to people. And like the most rewarding thing is when people come out of the the dressing room and their face is just lit up because they're like, this is me, you know, and they feel just so good. And like, it's amazing to be able to provide that as a designer, provide that feeling of just feeling amazing in your skin. Um, and so that's what I'm always going for. It's never about like desiring this as an object, you know, like a lot of designers create objects that are objects of desire, right? I'm trying to create a tool for living. So I'm trying to create something that makes you feel good so that you can be, go out into the world and be your best self. Um, so yeah, it really is about, this is another thing. Like I, I actually make all of my samples in my size so that I can put them on and wear them and see what it feels like to be inside of them. That's so important. It's not about what it looks like so much as what it feels like and how it makes me feel, how it makes the wearer feel. And, you know, I always think you should put on your outfit and then kind of forget about it. You know, it shouldn't be like the first thing that people see. People should see you coming through. Um, and that's, I think, what my clothing enables people to do in, when, I, when I'm doing my job right. And I'll add on to that. Yes. And that's one of my favorite things to hear from a client is that idea of, oh, you just get me. Like, you get me. I feel like myself but just even more comfortable or that I didn't have to overthink what I put on my body. And I can also expand on that. When I was visiting the showroom, we were doing a, a try on session and there's this pair of pants that I now own because I didn't even have to look in the mirror. Literally I put them on. They feel like the most soft, comfortable piece of clothing ever, but they're a nice trouser. And I put them on and literally I didn't have to look in the mirror because I just knew they worked and I was doing my power pose of like, you'll probably remember hands yes, in the pockets, leaning right. to the side. Yeah. And that's what I love is that when you have clothing that feels like you and that you feel comfortable in you, to your point, you don't really even need to look in the mirror. Maybe you do to make sure that the collar's folded right or whatever, but then you go about your day just feeling like a wonderful version of yourself because it it's your style and your personality. Yeah. It feels like you. It, yeah. I think that's, that's the best way to describe it. And yeah, that look, when people come out of the dressing room, they haven't even looked at themselves yet. It's just like, it feels good, you know? So yeah, that's what I, that's what I live for. <laughs> it's so fun. Well, so I want to talk about then the white shirt, because one of the things that most resonated with me as a stylist looking for white shirts for people because there's there's so many checklists and you know how I feel about checklists that they're a little bit of BS because they're assuming that when we get this checklist of every woman needs to own a white shirt, the white shirt that they usually communicate is a little tailored white button down shirt. Well, we know that doesn't work for every style personality, every maybe body morphology. And I walked into Grammar's showroom and there was this whole rack of white shirts. And we started pulling them out and you were explaining so thoughtfully why you made each white shirt. And it was the first time I was like mind blown in my profession that literally if someone's like, I need a white shirt, I now have a solution to say, guess what? there probably is a white shirt for you. So please tell me the history of 
this the white shirt becoming just such a brilliant part of your tools. Oh, thank you. I love that because I I have always thought and believed at least for myself like I love white shirts. I just feel like whenever you don't know what to wear, it's such a great go-to and it goes with everything. They're so versatile. It works for anything you're doing, you know, in your day. And I do think there is a white shirt for everyone. Every every body morphology, every personality, every style, um, you know, whatever you, every profession, every, you know, geography, like, and when I started grammar, I really wanted to start with a very, very focused sort of uh, product line. And I, you know, thinking about the concept of, you know, tools for living, wardrobe essentials, these go-to pieces in your closet, I think still the white shirt is the epitome of that for me, for my philosophy. Um, And so, and I also, you know, I feel like as a, as an object, it is like infinitely, they're like infinite iterations. So you can always sort of design a new white shirt. There's so many different things that you can tweak. You know, it's got this like kit of parts. There's a collar, there's a cuff, there's, um, you know, buttons usually. And, you know, these are things that you can tweak, uh, to create a completely new, uh, thing. You know, there, there's the shoulder, there's how, you know, all of these things that are very, very easy, um, for me as a designer to kind of work with and say, okay, I need a shirt that does this. I need a a different, you know, I don't have anything with this type of collar. Let's come up with something that, that works for that. And so I started the brand with five white shirts. I actually designed eight and then I picked the best five. And those five styles are still to this day in the line and they're still um, some of our best sellers. And so I really spent a lot of time thinking about personality, you know, body morphology, like different people, you know, women's needs. Like I actually did a lot of like consumer research um, on you know, what people want from a white shirt, what is something that, you know, what are different pain points with white shirts? And, um, and so, you know, each of those five styles really fits a different body morphology in particular, but they're also very different, um, style personalities, you know, that I love that that's how you sort of conceptualize what the work that you do. I think that's great because it's much better than, you know, just body shape. Um, it's much more interesting and, and more philosophical. And, um, and so, yeah, so, so I started with the five white shirts and I only made white shirts for the first two years of, of the brand. And, um, and then even from there, I started adding different colors, but like black and Navy, and then like a blue and white stripe. And, um, And so I only did that for, I guess, three and a half years. And then I added the flannel. So I've been slowly, slowly building uh, the product line, just being very, very thoughtful about what I add. I want everything to be essential. That's like one of our core values is it needs to be essential. It's, it can't be frivolous. It, you know, it, it's very anti-trend. It, it is about creating something that is going to last and, you know, you can wear it hundreds and hundreds of times and no one's going to be like, uh, you wear that every day because you can wear it in so many different ways. And again, it's, it's, it's not something that people are like necessarily looking at what you're wearing. They're looking at you and they think, oh my gosh, you look amazing. Like, I love when people compliment my outfit. Like I love your outfit and I'm wearing a white shirt, jeans and like black shoes. It's not really like, it's not a complicated outfit, but they just like, I think it's more that they like this sort of posture I have or how I'm wearing the clothes. And it's really more about that than it is about like 
an outfit per se. It's the whole package. It's your, I think when they're saying that it's like, I like your style. Like I like that you, your style, the way that you're carrying yourself. Cause there's, I mean, we all have those situations where it ha- it'll happen to me. I'm in the most simple outfit and it's like, you look great. Or I love that outfit, but you've put so much thought into each piece that you put on your body. And that's what I say. It's like building that intentionality and understanding that I want to wear these pieces over and over. And almost the more you wear them, they become like second skin to you. And the way that you yeah. walk into a room is that idea that you, I'm going to hit on from earlier where you said, I want you to put on your clothes and not think about it. And when you're not thinking about it, then you're carrying yourself with this ease and you're not, you know, when you feel uncomfortable in something or, you know, when someone else does, and it may, you know, technically look great, but if you're fussing, you're fidgeting, it's not quite your style and your essence, then it's just not going to land in the same way. Yeah, totally. So I just keep adding, you know, different white shirts and, you know, cycling out ones that aren't as, you know, um, I guess universal. Um, and then adding ones that, you know, I try to sort of address different needs and, um, and different sort of personalities, different looks. Like I actually have on my site, like each one has a different personality. Um, and you know, you can sort of, I mean, I I think there's, there's matching it to your personality, but there's also, we all have multiple personalities (laughs) in a way. Correct. (laughs) No, we do. That's where like for me, style personalities is like, I'm relaxed and magnetic and creative. And how do I want to play in that space today? And maybe you want a relaxed shirt personality with a more, you know, maybe you have a more creative pant. So you're like, let me, right. let me use these tools to build, you know, build this thing today. And tomorrow I'm going to use the same tools and build something else. Right. This is the story I'm telling today. And yeah. So, and so I think, you know, I, I'm building the collection around, white shirts. And so that's why we always kind of, I started the collection with that. It's still something that we are known for. And I will always want to be known for is just being that go-to resource for white shirts, because that was actually like a big part of the, the reason that I started the brand was like, I was, so I actually like lost all of my possessions in a fire. And then I was like trying to rebuild my wardrobe and I was looking for white shirts as like one of the core things and I couldn't find any that I liked. I was trying to go back to brands where I had bought them before trying to find vintage and I couldn't find any. And it was like, why isn't there a brand that just has great white shirts all the time that you can just go to? And, um, and so I was like, well, I can do that. <laughs> You know I, mean? I guess that's going to be me. It's like, if I can't find it, let me fix it. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, white shirts or shirting in general happened. I don't know if it's continuing, but like, I think it is for ne- this coming spring, but like, it's been a trend recently. And so everybody's got shirts, but it'll go out of trend or fashion, whatever, at some point soon, surely. And I'll still have them, you know, that's part of it. Well, and I think to your point, even when they're in trend, it's like, which one is it oversized? Is it this? And I know one in particular we talked about that you created was for a fuller chested individual. And that's been a pain point, even when they are on trend or not, it's the consideration of how do you account for a fuller chest with something that's a a woven fabric. And, you know, that I know was a need that you found yourself coming upon. I think you said there was a boutique or something you were going in and you you listen to your consumer versus telling me what the trend said. You're like, no, my consumer needs this. The everyday person needs this. Yeah, exactly. Which is why I love doing trunk shows. Like I just love seeing people try on um, my pieces, but also hearing, you know, like sometimes people are like very shy about like 
giving the designer feedback and, or like saying something that they don't like about it. And I'm like, I'm not going to take it personally. I want to hear what your pain point is because then I can make something for you or make something that addresses that need. And, um, and so, yeah, in, um, this boutique in, um, Houston, I, uh, there were a lot of people who, yeah, were, were having trouble with, uh, the bust area of my shirts because a lot of them are very tailored, but they like the small waist um, because a pain point for women, um, bustier women, is that they don't want to look like a tent, right? So they want to still have that waist because they have these beautiful curves and you want to show that off. And so, yeah, so I basically, um, our bestseller is called The Conjunction and it has a, a waist tie, but it is sort of much more tailored. And so I created a new version that'll be coming for spring, um, that accommodates that those beautiful bosoms. That's so exciting. So then I want to talk about that. So from my aspect, I've been doing what I do for almost 14 years. And one of the biggest pieces that I feel is that gap between the fashion world and putting clothes on people's body. And what I love is that you have dropped the ego you actually are there for consumers. And I find that generally with this um, emergence of independent designers, it's real people designing for real people without ego. So I want to talk about the community because I know for you, so much of it is about a community and you collaborate with other people in that space. Tell me how that's so important to what you're building. Oh, thank you for asking that. Um, because yeah, I, when I worked in sort of the fashion with the capital F industry, I really was miserable, honestly, because it, it wasn't about real people and it wasn't, uh, collaborative at all. It was like, there was a ton of ego involved and there was a lot of frankly, abuse, (laughs) um, of sort of like, call it what it is. (laughs) Yeah. Like lower level employees. And, um, and there was like a lot of, um, like unhealthy, toxic competition. Um, you know, designers were not friends with each other. It was like, you know, this adversarial relationship and, one of the best parts, you know, other than like having these interactions with customers, one of the best parts about um, what I do is having a community of other designers that I um, collaborate with regularly and just being able to share resources, share knowledge, experience, and just be friends with with other people in um, that are similar to me that are sharing in, in the same pursuits. And, um, and yes, I, you know, I'm wearing, like, I know we've, we've talked about Hannah who's like, I'm, we all love Hannah. She's amazing. Hannah fan club, um, Hannah, you and, um, and then Faye, I have Faye Andrada, like all of my, um, pieces. Yeah. Luz Ortiz, like everything that I wear, um, that's not grammar is by a friend of mine. And, um, and I just, I'm wearing Ariana bowling shoes. I, that I just did a, a trunk show with them this past weekend. And so it's just the best thing and, you know, and, and becoming friends with people that you really admire, like Hannah and my friend Sayaka Davis is like, and, you know, Marsha Padmos and, um, Tracy Reese, like, it's just really cool to like meet people who are people that I have admired for a long time or people that I meet and immediately admire like Hannah. (laughs) Um, and, and just be able to be friends with them, you know, and people being cool and, you know, sharing their experience and, and working together to do different pop-ups or, you know, different, um, trunk shows and things. And it's just more fun when we do it together. It just feels so much more positive to me. And, you know, and we aren't competing, like, you know what I mean? There's enough for everyone. I always say it's like community over competition. And as long as the invested interest is 
like you have such an overlap in ethos and who you want to bring into this beautiful world that it's it's only serving the the greater good and getting out of that toxicity and just yeah showering each other with support and then showering the people that are you know the con- clients it yeah. and the community you're building it's it's beautiful yeah yeah thanks no i mean i agree it's it's how i want to live you know it's what i believe and it's just nice that i agree like independent brands like especially you know smaller uh brands like you know, it's hard. (laughs) So it's like, you kind of need other people to, to, you know, share the burden with really. And, um, and also share the joy, like, and I think, you know, there's all these studies about how like the disconnection with, you know, our society is what's making everyone so sick and so lonely and all these things. And, and it's just, it's, it's unfortunate and it's not necessary. Like we can all support each other. We can come together and, um, and it feels good. It feels really good. So, um, yeah, I'm very, very supportive of my, um, friends who, who do similar things to what I do. And, um, and I'm just very grateful to to have a community and be able to gather people in the studio. We've had um, parties with um, our you know friends, and they come in and bring their things, and you know it's just it's fun. I love it. Well, and then speaking of, I love this idea of connection, community, and one of the things that grounds at least most independents I work with is the choice to ethically produce your garments. So I'd like to talk a little bit about why you made that choice and about the, just the production of where you produce, how you produce um, the fabrics you choose. Yeah. So that is something that's very, very important to me. And it's funny, like I don't talk about it that much and I should um, because it is, actually very rare. And I think for me, it was always the obvious choice (laughs) Um, to be thoughtful about what I'm bringing into the world and um, do it in a way that I can feel good about. Um, When I, uh, growing up, my mom actually had a natural food store um, in like the early nineties in Maine when that was not a thing. Um, (laughs) not at all. Not at all. That was like the TV dinner era. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it was like, you know, Whole Foods was still like just in Texas. Um, (laughs) and, uh, so she was like the first real natural food store that was like doing all of, you know, everything organic and, um, as much local things as she, as she could find and finding all the farmers in Maine and, and the, you know, people raising turkeys and chickens and the right way and all that stuff. And so I just grew up around that. And, and so, you know, thinking about fabrics, I, I don't want to use anything synthetic because, it's plastic. I mean, and it's just really, yeah, there's so many issues with that. So I was like, know that. And then it's like, okay, if it's a natural fiber, it's grown from the ground um, or, you know, an animal, but it should conform to all of those same requirements as food. So, you know, if it's something that's grown, it should be organic. If it's something that is raised you know, it should be done so humanely. And so um, when I started, I was just making the shirts, right? And so I wanted to use organic cotton. And it's like, that was like, okay, this is like the, you know, that's my requirement. It's, it's organic cotton, and it's got to have these other properties, you know, that I want for design but it has to be organic. That's it, you know? And so it actually took me a really long time, like eight months to find the right, the right, um, organic cotton. And I, I ended up working with, um, a 
mill that basically they recreated a quality that they had in conventional cotton into organic cotton for me. And, and so, you know, I had to order a lot uh, in order to make that happen. But again, like, because I was only doing white shirts, I could do that because it was one fabric, right? If I had to do that for 12 different fabrics, it would have been impossible. So now, even in the last, like, so we're about to turn six. So it's been like seven years since I was like looking for fabric, roughly. And um, in that time, there's so many more options, which is great, um, which is why I'm sort of able to expand the line a little bit more because there's more options that are, you know, stocked fabrics that you can order, you know, by the roll or lower minimums. Um, So that's just been really great. And I think even through the pandemic, people have just learned so much more about production and and how, you know, the industry works. And that is such an amazing thing. So organic cotton, um, got certification is like the, it's the global organic, um, textile standard. And they have all of these requirements, not just about organic farming, but also, um, about all of the chemicals that are used in, uh, dyeing and finishing, and then also um, ethical treatment of you know the everybody who works in um, the supply chain. So that's the other thing that people don't realize is how many human beings are involved in creating a garment. It's actually like thousands of people, <laughs> like over the course of the the life cycle of um, creating the garment. So you know, you have all of the farmers and you have all of the, um, then, you know, it goes to be washed. So you have everybody who works in that factory and then it gets, uh, spun into a uh, yarn and then it goes to the be woven in this case. And then it goes to be dyed and then it goes to be finished and then it comes here and then it gets cut and then it gets sewn. And, you know, and then there's also the grading and marking people like in the pattern maker and the designer, like there's so many, so many hands that touch that garment and people really don't, don't realize that. And there's so many places in that life cycle where people can be exploited and abused. And I think that really gets lost. So also in terms of the cut and sew aspect, I produce here locally in the garment district. That's also really important to me. Um, We have this incredible resource here in New York that's really unique in the world. It really doesn't exist anywhere else inside of a major city, having these small independent factories that are so, so talented and and having, you know, basically everything that you could possibly need to create a brand in five blocks inside of Manhattan. It's really remarkable. And I think it's precious. And, you know, we have to support it if we want to keep it. And so, you know, all of those people are, you know, fairly treated and get paid, you know, a living wage. And, um, and, you know, that adds to the cost, but I feel really, really, um, passionately that, you know, I want to support the local economy, support, um, you know, middle-class manufacturing jobs, support these, this skilled labor, like these people are so incredibly talented. And, you know, like I said, if we don't use it, we'll lose it. And so I think it's really, really important. And I, and I love being able to produce here in the city. It's like a huge part of why, again, why I do this is community as well. Like knowing the people that are making the clothes, knowing their life story, like, having that connection with the hands that are making the clothes is like, it just makes everything so much more meaningful. You gave me the chills and are literally bringing tears to my eyes because this (laughs) is the reason that I love supporting such value driven, independent designers because it that's beautiful. I mean, all 
you just explained so well all of the hands that are touching a garment that goes on your body. And it's also the reason why we should respect it, respect what we're buying, respect where it's gone instead of just clicking a buy now because I got a sale price. And it really is so much more than that. And um, I would like to, with that um, double click on something that I don't know that we've touched on here yet and that people I um, don't know if they understand the terminology of the idea of minimum wage versus a living wage. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you mind touching on that a little bit? Yeah. Minimum wage in New York City is $15 an hour, which is the highest of anywhere in this country. However, <laughs> it's very expensive to live in New York City. Um, $15 an hour is not a living wage in New York. You can't um, live in New York City for that. Um, so a living wage, I haven't checked recently, but the it's it's... It's more than that. <laughs> it's like a, a lot more than that, usually. Yeah. yeah. Um, so basically, a living wage just means enough to comfortably live life, not, you know, have a home, be able to feed yourself, be able to pay your bills. Um, and that is often very different from the minimum wage, which is sort of decided. Arbitrarily, yeah, like some kind of arbitrary. It's definitely not. They're not the same. They they rarely are. Um, So yeah, being able to pay a living wage to workers is you know it's harder. It's more expensive, um, but it's also the right thing to do. You know, like it's not okay with me to not be able to provide. You know, like. For someone not to work their entire day, blood, sweat, and tears, and it still not be enough to have an, you know, a relatively comfortable life and to worry about how you're going to pay your rent still. Or, I mean, for those that are listening outside of New York, it's like a studio apartment in New York can start low end of a couple grand. I mean, it's, it, this is not you know, when we talk about a living wage in New York versus a living wage somewhere else, it's, it could be a different amount. But, um, I think that's a, something for the listeners to take note of words matter. And we're talking about grammar, editing words, tools. That's something to look for is living wage. Minimum wage doesn't necessarily mean a lot. Um, what's a living wage to actually properly take care of humanity? Yeah, exactly. And, and just having transparency into that, you know, like, again, just being able to go to the factory and see how they're working, how they're living and get to know the people and, you know, and see that they're happy and fulfilled and, you know, like, that they enjoy what they do. And they, they love like, and that, oh, my God, talk about tearing up, like, when I go to the factory and like there, I was there the other day and a lot of them don't speak English very well. Um, they're mostly, um, from China and, um, you know, the, the woman who is the manager, basically, you know, one of the, the sewers came up and was speaking to her and, um, and the manager translated to me, she was like, she was asking me if she could sew your things because she likes making your stuff. That's beautiful. Yeah. I was like, oh my, I went and gave her a hug. I was like, oh my God, that's so sweet. Like, you know, um, of all of the the brands that they produce and they produce a lot of brands, a lot of bigger brands, a lot of very, very high-end brands. She prefers making my things because she likes the design. She She likes it. And that's just so, yeah. And that's what I love when we have a piece of grammar on now. I have an even, which a story I didn't know of there's someone creating it, not just our talented, beautiful, wonderful designer, but the hands behind the scenes are excited and in this community and invested in it. And so it just for you know, I talk to people a lot about wearing your values and what does it mean to wear your values? And when 
you know, for me personally, when I'm weighing my values, that's one more reason to, you know, it, when my style strategy dictates it, buy one of your pieces because now I have this beautiful story of a community that's touching it and invested in it and that I'm supporting by making that purchase. Yeah, so. definitely. Well, I'm so happy that you're in my community now and in the community of the listeners and just want to, you know, wrap up our time here with a little bit of fun, which I like to do, which is just a little speed style question round just to learn a little bit more. So are you ready? I'm ready. All right. What's your favorite grammatical concept or tool? So... I mean, it has to be the elements of style, which like I talked about earlier, um, and especially that that one quote about being precise uh, or being concise. Um, I, I think about that all the time when I'm writing, when I'm writing copy for the brand, when I'm designing. Um, yeah, that's we'll it. link that. It's it's a theme. So we'll link that in the show notes. All right. Here's a big question for me. Do you believe in the Oxford comma? Oh, yes, I do. <laughs> yes. All right. We can continue this this relationship together. Um, I'm a staunch believer in the Oxford comma. Um, so all right. Black and white. In the elements of style, they, they advocate for it. So it makes things sure. more like yeah. concise. There's no ambiguity. I mean, my one of my favorite books is uh, Eat, Shoots, and Leaves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. And it's all about the it's grammatical concepts and about the uh, wow, the necessity of the Oxford comma. Yeah, we have it's we have one. several gra- grammar books in the studio, so we'll have to add that to the list. <laughs> I'll gift that one too. Look out! Um, okay. All right, what's your favorite category of clothing to design? Shirts, shirts, always white shirts, always love it. Uh, what's the one, this is probably redundant then. What's the one piece in your closet you can't live without? White shirt. Easy. White shirt. And jeans. Um, that's the, actually the, the one thing that I buy from a brand that I, that isn't a friend of mine is jeans. And I, you know, I'm afraid of making jeans because there's so many people who do it so well and it's not my thing. So, you know, I, Yeah. Jeans. I love jeans. That's the other. What is that brand then? Can we give them a shout out? Yeah. Imogene and Willie. They also produce in the U.S. and they used to always use cone denim, which was the last remaining um, denim uh, mill in the U.S. that unfortunately closed a few years ago. But um, but yeah, I love Imogene and Willie and um, I love their jeans. Love it. Um, favorite place to get fashion inspiration? The street, the streets of New York. Yeah. Amen. Uh, your favorite fashion season? Uh, ooh, that's tough. My automatic response is fall, but I actually really love designing for spring because of all the poplin. Like, because poplin's like my favorite fabric. I think probably spring is, I have to say spring. And upcoming, I know there's a very gorgeous shirt dress coming out for spring that uh, everyone can keep their eyes open for. And I think you already answered this, but I always ask, what's your ultimate wear who you are outfit? (laughs) White shirt and jeans. (laughs) What shoe? Give me a shoe to add to that. (laughs) Black black loafer or black boot. Um, Yeah, the ones I'm wearing right now are... Ariana Bowling and I'm obsessed with them. They're um, I just got them this weekend, so they're not that dirty. Um, but they're they uh, they're so comfortable. Like if you have, yeah, I highly recommend their shoes. Awesome. They're so comfortable and um, and yeah, also like very sort of classic and um, streamlined design. So easy to move a lot in the city. Exactly. Um, last then, how can our listeners, we'll link when we, when we add all of this, but how can they find you and follow you? GrammarNYC.com is our website and GrammarNYC on Instagram and all the other things, but Instagram is where we do most of our engaging. <laughs> and last thing, I know you have an upcoming holiday capsule launching 
Yeah. When is that? When is that dropping? And how? When can people view that in order? The seventeenth. Yeah, the seventeenth. <laughs> we just decided this morning. <laughs> Amazing. We, <laughs> we'll keep that. We'll keep that earmarked for social media and make sure we we pop into stories and and such to remind people and maybe do another little. Um, you yeah. know, live or something together, which would be super fun. That would be really fun. Um, we're also going to, if people are in New York, we're going to have a holiday party on December 14th at the studio. So I'll we'd be there. Have, yes, you will. You better. Um, <laughs> and yeah, so anybody who's in the city would love for you to pop by. So I guess if you can um, put our address, that would be cool too. It's, we're in Chelsea. Ooh. We'll do that and try to do a, um, we'll put that into the reminders for people that are around and um, newsletter and such. So we can have a celebration and bring more community together. Yes. Yeah. I love, I mean, that's the best part about having this space here is just being able to have people over, like, you know, even just like one-on-one, like you and me, um, or, you know, having hosting parties and getting a bunch of people together, like Sydney, my assistant and I, we love having people over. And it was so, I have to tell you, I booked and we were like, oh, an hour. And then I was like late to my next appointment and I didn't even get enough time because we were like, oh shoot, I, I've got to go. I, I, like we were just having the best time. <laughs> so it is a wonderful, warm space, just like you. So thank you so much for joining us. And we have plenty to collaborate on in the future. And just to our listeners, as you get dressed every day this week, remember, just like grammar and language is a tool to communicate your intent clearly, style is also a valuable tool to showcase who you are. If you don't use it thoughtfully, your message may be misunderstood. Thank you so much, and we will see you next time. Althea is generously giving you an extra warm welcome into the grammar community by offering a discount to Where Who You Are listeners. From now until December 15th, you'll receive 20% off using the code BUBESTIE. And this is for white shirts, because her variety of white shirts are your wardrobe best friend for being you and wearing who you are. There's a link in the show notes to shop all of the white shirt styles. Thanks for joining another Wear Who You Are Wednesday. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. Be sure to follow along for episode news, updates, and other bonus style insights on Instagram through my business account at BU Style. That's the letters B, U, and Style. Or my personal account at Natalie underscore Tincher. And don't forget to subscribe to Where Who You Are wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thanks again and see you next time.